say this to myself, don't, don't take it for granted. Be, don't be going to take it for granted. Just, just be thankful for it. Be thankful for it. So I'm going to just uh, start with a couple of things. Yeah, you know, this is the 4th of July weekend, so we're celebrating, so we want to have a little bit of fun. You know, do you know why there are no knock-knock jokes about America? Because freedom rings. All right. They get better as we go along. Did you hear the one about the Liberty Bell? Cracked me up. <laughs> hey, here's one. What did the American flag say to all of the other flags? Nothing at leave. There we go. All right. And I thought this was new material. Here's the one I like best. The United States is a free country where every man can do as his wife pleases. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what. I am just so uh, excited every time this time of year. I, I, I celebrate this nation, and I am thankful for it. I know you are, too. Abraham Lincoln said in a presidential proclamation for a national day of fasting and prayer in 1863. I don't know if many people knew that. It was just for that one year, but he issued a presidential proclamation for a national day of prayer and fasting. Of course, 1863, we're in the throes of the Civil War, all of the things that were, that were challenging our nation. Maybe one of the greatest times of challenge for this nation, having a Civil War fought on our own homeland. Don't know that it been anything correct greater in terms of the challenges that we face. But he said this, and uh, I uh, want to read this to you exactly as he said it in part of his proclamation. It says this, it is the duty of nations as well as of men to own their own independence upon the overruling power of God, to confess their sins and transgressions in humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proved by all history that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. That's pretty good for a president of the United States to say, right? We need more of that. I don't think it's very clear. I, I consider Abraham Lincoln, maybe have different opinions. Uh, it's just mine. Uh, I consider Abraham Lincoln the greatest president because of the time he had to lead us through, because of his strong faith, and I believe that gave him, God put him in a place to lead us through that time of the Civil War. And for really, I don't know if there's any more significant milestone, there have been a lot of them, in the, in the life of our nation, that is more significant than what Abraham Lincoln did with the Emancipation Proclamation by presidential decree declaring all slaves free. So for that reason and, and others, he's, he's my favorite president. But we're going to look today at what he was referring to there. That those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. Psalms 33 is where Abraham Lincoln found that. And uh, verses 10 through 19 are where we're going to be in, in Psalm 33. We're going to read that. I believe we have it also to put on the screen.
scripture. I'm going to just read these verses, and if you just follow along with me, starting in verse 10, this is the New Living Translation. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. Everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory, for all its strength cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them, say rescues. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in time of famine. So there's four thoughts I want to give you very quickly today on that passage of Scripture as it relates to Independence Day and, and believing that our nation is blessed. But I want to say this first. All nations and cultures are not spiritually equal. They're not. All nations and cultures are not spiritually equal. Some countries and cultures that place God in his rightful place of honor, there are those that do, and there are some that do not. I think the best example of this that I could give is, a, is about the nation of Haiti. Now, again, this is not to be derogatory about anything. I'm just telling you uh, something to give you a perspective of what I'm sharing here. But a couple of hundred years ago, Haiti was under French control, under the Emperor Napoleon. And uh, he controlled that nation, the French occupation there. And in the case of Haiti, a a few years before that, they had brought in slaves from Africa, just as America did. And in that group of slaves that came into Haiti, they brought with them a religion. That was a religion that was a dark religion. It was a religion that was not a true religion. Uh, religion as we think of it, but a religion nonetheless. And that religion was voodoo. Now, if you look it up, you'll see there's a lot of different names for that and different uh, accounts of of what they call that. But as we all know it, uh, in in the sense as we refer to it, it would be voodoo. And and make no mistake, voodoo is a religion. It's a religion of of Satan, I believe, of the darkness of that. And, uh, And there are many people who worship under that religion. And they came in to Haiti. Now, there are many citations that you'll find if you look at this and go look it up later about this uh, uh, explanation I'm about to give you. And uh, and so I looked at several, but this is the one that I feel like is the best that that sort of encapsulated this story that I want to share with you to to let you uh, see how my my point of that all nations and cultures are not spiritually equal. And this is what it said, and so I'm citing from that. It says, it is a matter of well-documented historical fact that the nation of Haiti was dedicated to Satan over 200 years ago. On August 14, 1791, a group of voodoo priests made a pact with the devil. They sacrificed a black pig in a voodoo ritual, at which 
also that the, the slaves would be would be free through this. In exchange, the voodoo priest offered to give the country to Satan for 200 years and swore to serve him. So on January 1st, 1804, the nation of Haiti, as we know it today, was born. Now, in the late 1700s, Haiti was actually one of the wealthiest regions in the world, or certainly in, the, in, in that part of the world. They were very uh, affluent, had a lot of different things. We'll go into all of that, but simply to say this, today in 2020, Haiti, and this is something you can look up, is the poorest of all of the nations in the Western Hemisphere. It's at the bottom. And I hate to say that, bring me no pleasure to say that. I'm just saying that's a fact. It went from a very wealthy region and area in the late 1700s, and today it's the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. Seven out of ten Haitians are illiterate. They can't read or write. There are uh, very few jobs. There is not painful employment available. There's a, always a struggle with hunger in, in Haiti. Uh, there's civil unrest. You see it on the news all along the way. Uh, there's government instability, corruption, and, and, and that's what you have. So, again, I'm not trying to trying to pick on them at all. Please understand. I'm just trying to give you a, a, a sort of a context of what I'm sharing, and it is true, and you can use other examples. But all nations and cultures are not spiritually equal. It's important as I go through this, I'm trying to develop some thoughts to, that, that that is a point. Psalm 33, 12, this is the Amplified Version, says this. So the verse we just read in the Amplified Version. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the nation whose God is the Lord. God sees us all now. He sees every nation, every tribe, every culture. That's what you see in Psalm 33, verses 13 and 14. We'll read that again. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. He looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. Think about when we say one nation, we pledge allegiance to the flag of one nation under God. See, we're under God. We want to be under God. We want to be under his blessing. We want to be under his protection. We want to be under his favor. And this nation, America, today is. He looks down from heaven, sees the whole human race, not just Americans, sees it all. From his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. So again, I want to make this statement very clear. I believe it is undeniable that America is a blessed nation. Would you agree with that? I'm going to ask you again. I believe that America is a blessed nation. Would you agree with that? And I've been thinking on this question this week a lot, and I thought, well, okay, so one of the things I asked is, well, why are we? Do we deserve it? Are we more deserving than other nations? I'm glad to hear some of you say no, because I believe all of you probably think that way. But it's absolutely true. We are, as, as people, we are no more deserving than anyone else. That's not what it is. That's not the why that we're blessed. See, here's the why. God was honored from the very inception, the very birth, the very starting point of this nation. That's why we're blessed. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And that's what we did. God was foundational. 
And I'm not talking about God how some people try to refer to a God, pick which one you want. I'm talking about Creator God. I'm talking about the one true God. I'm talking about the God that's in the Declaration of Independence when they say, we are endowed with our Creator. That's referring to the one true God. There's no other God that's referred to as the Creator. Okay? Creator God. Not rights that the government gave us. Not rights that man gave us. He gave us the right to life, liberty, freedom, the pursuit of happiness. Creator God. That is the God that was foundational in the construction of this republic that we all enjoy today. That's the God that we're talking about. And because of that, that he was foundational in the construction of this nation, he has kept his promise. He's kept his promise to bless us. We are under his blessing today. So, all nations and cultures are not spiritually equal. And every nation that honors God is promised his blessing. The next point I want to make here is that it is proper and necessary. Necessary more than probably the sermon proper. It's proper and necessary for all nations that God has blessed to express their gratitude through honoring Him. Through putting Him in His rightful place, I would say, of honor. And, and all proud Americans, many of you here today, if not all of you, I'm sure, but even it's not just proud Americans. All this would be especially for Christ followers. If you're a Christ follower today, and, and you're an American, you should not believe that God is wearing a United States flag T-shirt or wearing a flag lapel pin. He's not. Doesn't mean he doesn't love America. It's just that we're not any different. The the liberty, the freedom. And the prosperity, think about the prosperity of America, even in its most poor places. The prosperity of America, the liberty we enjoy, is a gift from God. It's not an entitlement, it's a gift, and it's a blessing. James 1.17 says this, this is the New Living Translation, Whatever is good and perfect, whatever is good and perfect is a gift. Coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights of heaven. The Word says He did that just by speaking them into existence. He spoke the word and stars were created. He's the, the creator of all the lights. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He's the same yesterday. He's always been. He's the same today, July 5th, 2020, and he will be the same forevermore. He doesn't change. His word doesn't change. So let's give thanks today for the blessings of our nation. Let's pray, though, also for wisdom and guidance to lead us through the difficulties and the things that we need to improve on. I'm not here today to say that America doesn't need some, some fine-tuning and some improvement. We've been doing that in the 244 years of this republic. Yesterday was 244 years from the Declaration of Independence. That's what we've always done. We've improved. We've gotten better. There's some challenges we face today. There's some, some things that are out in the media that are, in some ways, are being overblown clearly, but there are challenges that we face that we need to address them, but we can do it. 
We can do it. But we need God's wisdom and guidance. You know, I've been on uh, some mission trips in my life, and uh, I've traveled to some third world countries. And I will tell you, every time I return, I've never done this. I've seen it done. <laughs> I've never done it myself. Maybe my dad will. But every time I return, I feel like I should kneel down on the ground and kiss the ground of America. I, I do. Because afterwards, when I come back from that, I have had, and I believe any of you that probably have experienced these things too would, would probably say the same thing, I experienced a powerful, greater than I ever had before, appreciation for this country. I think you could ask those guys in the video we played at the beginning of this service the same question. What do you think they would say? Oh, yeah. Boy, I'm glad to be in America. So remember, it is proper and necessary for all nations God has blessed to express their gratitude to honor Him. One other scripture I'll share with you from Psalm 92. It says this, It is good to give thanks to the Lord. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning and your faithfulness in the evening. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your works. At the works of your hand, I joyfully sing. So all nations and cultures are not spiritually equal. Every nation that honors God has promised his blessing according to his word. It is proper and necessary for all nations God has blessed to express their gratitude through honoring him. The last point I want to make here is this, and this might be the more controversial. Pastor Bill is not the only one that's not politically correct here at First Assembly. I hope you understand what I'm saying, but I, I believe this. God will remove his hand of blessing from the nation that rejects him. He'll do it now. Now, that's not where we are right now. But, boy, there is a group of people, no matter how many or what it is, but there is a group of people, folks. Make no mistake, this is not about politics. This has nothing to do with politics. That's out of it. There is a group of people who do not want God to be the foundation of this nation. And they're fighting for it right now. They're fighting for it right now. you know what? God still has his hand on America. We're still under his covering. In Psalm 33:10, again, the scripture we read, this is the amplified version here, verse 10, the Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. It means the UN, not that particular number, but it could be the UN or other, anybody that is not honoring God, he nullifies it. He makes the thoughts and the plans of the Listen, if a nation, including America, if a nation attempts to manage and govern without God at the forefront, it will ultimately fail. Look at history. I'm not going to give you that lesson today, but I could. History proves this. That's what Abraham Lincoln was saying. In that address that that I read the quote from earlier, he said this, proved by all history. And he's right about that. You look at the, 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 the British Empire, Roman Empire, it doesn't matter who it is. The, the Napoleonic uh, reign. Alexander the Great. Proved by all history that those nations only are blessed 
abolitionist. He, he was one of the influential figures in reuniting the Confederate states and the Union states after the Civil War. Very well known for that. You can look him up. So he was in that era in the, uh, you know, the late 1800s, mid to late 1800s. And he made a speech one time. And, and just to be very clear, I want to read this to make sure you hear exactly the way he said it. So instead of me just trying to tell the story, I want to read what he said. And so listen to this. He said, I have stood by Hampton Roads in Chesapeake Bay and saw there deployed the great naval strength of America. And then on the shore, the parading might of our armies. And as I looked at the Navy and as I looked at the Army, I said, Surely the strength of America is to be found in its military and naval might. I've stood under the Capitol Dome building in Washington, D.C. And as I watched the processes of democracy, Henry Grady said, Surely the greatness of America is to be found in its Senate, in its Congress, and in its legislative processes. And he went on to say, sometime later I was a guest in a Georgia home on a farm of an old friend that I knew from childhood. And at the end of the day when the work was done, he gathered his family around him, opened God's word, and after reading from God's Bible, the family knelt together in prayer. Henry Grady closed his remarks by saying this, as I knelt with my old friend and his family in the circle of that evening prayer, the great armies and navies of America faded away. The Capitol building with its Senate and its Congress faded away. And there came to my heart the conviction that the true strength of America is found in its godly people. I want to echo what Henry Grady said so eloquently. The strength of this nation is in its
what the American dream, it says, is achieved through sacrifice, risk-taking, and hard work rather than by chance. Now that is pretty powerful. I believe the American dream is alive today. And I know there was a great speech given by one of the great orators of all time, Martin Luther King Jr., on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, believe it or not. And we all know it as, I have a dream speech. And it was powerful. I read it this week. You should do that. It's not very long. You people think it's just it's not, it's not very long, but man, it's it's awesome. <laughs> so I just went and read that. But I, I started thinking about it because I thought about it in this context that I also have a dream. I'm not going to try to touch what Dr. King did by any means, but I'm going to tell you I have a dream. I do. I also have a dream. I have a dream that America realizes that we cannot change people by changing their life circumstances. We can only do that by everyone accepting the fact that true change starts in the heart, and in the heart it is a work of God that creates eternal change. That's that's a dream I have. My dream is that God's people, the family of God, would demolish all the walls that man has created to divide us.
rise up again and push back against the dark forces that want to take God out of the fabric of this nation. We will stand in the gap as believers. We will pray together. We will speak out together. We will live righteously together. And I'm telling you, when we do that, God will see your life. Each and one of you. And me. He'll see your life and he will use it to bless our nation. And so on this Independence Day weekend, I've said a lot of things about a lot of things today. And maybe some of it you'll remember and some of it you may not. Don't know. Hope you hope it's been something that God's used today. I believe he gave me this for people today. But I'm going to tell you, if I had to wrap it all up, here's the, the main takeaway. If you don't remember anything else, remember this. This is what we can do, folks, as Americans. This is how we can stand up and assure that God is in his rightful place of honor. This is how we can assure that our nation continues to be blessed and declare that our God is the Lord. We can do it by these simple things. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love God. And when you love him, you'll serve him. When you love him, you'll obey him. When you love him, you'll follow him. And then the next thing is, if it's just two things, love God in all that you do, in everything that you have, and with all of your being, love God. And love others. Doesn't matter what color they are. Doesn't matter what socioeconomic background they came from. It doesn't matter what, what, what nation they came from. Wherever it is, love others as you love yourself. Everything is hinged on those two things. Jesus gave us in the great commandments. So remember that today as you go out on your day and on your week. Love 